1: So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.
2: From KQED.
3: Hey there, it's Devin here to remind you that on Monday, the Bay is starting a limited series all about democracy in the Bay Area. How it goes down here and places each of us can plug in. As part of that series, we've also launched a newsletter. The first one came out this morning. We're really excited about this. Each week, we're gonna share episodes, stuff you can read, and feature people in the Bay Area who are trying to make things better. You can subscribe right now by heading over to our episode notes where we've got a link for you. See you there. When the pandemic hit, California tried to get thousands of people experiencing homelessness into hotel rooms to keep them safe. Now some of those hotels are closing. So where do all the people who still don't have a permanent home go from here?
1: Part of the problem is that there's just not enough affordable housing in general to go around, right? This was the the crisis that predated the coronavirus.
3: These hotels are supposed to be a pathway to get people into housing. But so far it looks like most people who've left hotels haven't found a permanent place to live. And the reason why is because there still aren't enough affordable places for everybody to go. I'm Devin Kadiyama, welcome to the Bay.
1: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious
2: book, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.
1: Back in April, when this program was announced, Project Roomkey, it was one of the biggest undertakings the state has ever done in terms of housing homeless people.
3: Aaron Baldassari is a KQED housing reporter and co-host of the podcast Sold Out, Rethinking Housing in America.
1: The state has never housed 10 percent of its homeless population in one year. And, you know, obviously the pandemic was this huge health emergency, but living on the streets is also a health emergency.
3: Governor Newsom announced his plans tonight to shelter the unsheltered during the COVID-19 outbreak.
0: We'll make sure we secure the resources uh, to get folks off the streets quickly.
1: It seemed like finally there was the political will to really acknowledge that people who don't have a home are more vulnerable to illness, and particularly elderly people and people who are medically vulnerable were especially vulnerable to the coronavirus.
3: Sheltering the vulnerable, one piece of a major puzzle state officials continue to work on solving tonight. How was it actually supposed to work?
1: The stated goal was really to temporarily house people who were seniors over 65 or medically vulnerable to coronavirus to give them an opportunity to shelter in place. The state gave money to counties. Some of it was CARES Act funding. A big portion of that has been reimbursement from FEMA as part of the emergency response to the coronavirus. And then counties really got to tailor their programs and create programs any way they wanted to. When the governor announced this program, it was always intended to be a temporary program to house people Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, right? But when it was announced, he also said that it would be a jumping off point for permanent housing.
0: Mm Uh, We had an audacious goal a few weeks back of identifying 15,000 hotel rooms uh, that would be made available as a subset of our larger strategy, uh, homeless strategy, to get people off the streets.
1: And I think that, you know, behind the scenes and just reading between the lines, you know, it seemed like from the start there was a recognition that it was going to be a really bad PR move to put a bunch of homeless people into housing and then turn them back out
0: onto the street so we can look more long term as this being part of our panoply of solutions to address the homeless crisis in the state of California. So it's a long way of saying this, we're not just thinking short term, we're also beginning to process an orientation of focus and energy around long term supports so that we can get people off the streets in a permanent way.
1: And so right from the start, there was this recognition that permanent housing was the goal. And now that the program has been going on for a number of months, we wanted to know how many people had actually gotten into permanent housing.
3: So what did your reporting find out about where those who who left hotel rooms or other places are ending up?
1: So the data we got back was very messy. Different counties were reporting it. Um, in different ways, and so we had to sort of reconcile those inconsistencies. But what we did find is that the vast majority of people who've gone through this program and have already left have not gone into permanent housing. They've either gone back into street homelessness, gone to an emergency shelter, gone to family or friends, some people went to jail, some people got into drug rehab programs, or went into some other kind of transitional housing. Some people got hotel stays through other programs that were privately funded, um, and then we know that at least 13 people have died, not necessarily as a result of COVID, but it, you know, it just sort of speaks to the sort of uh, frailty of the people who are in this program.
3: There's still a lot that we don't know from the data that Aaron and fellow housing reporter Molly Solomon have gotten so far. For example, we still don't have numbers from San Francisco. We also don't completely know why some people chose to leave the hotels. But we do know that not enough people have transitioned into permanent homes so far. And even though Governor Newsom announced some emergency funding on Monday, some of these hotels are still now gearing up to close.
1: Marin County, for example, has closed down most of their hotels already. They have seven people remaining uh, who they're trying to find placements for, but they had four hotels and most all of those, you know, have shut down. Um, Santa Clara County is closing two hotels uh, by the end of this month. Alameda County uh, is also planning to close six hotels out of their nine. San Francisco is now talking about maybe delaying the closure of some of its hotels. It has 29 open and was planning to close seven by the end of next month. So it's, it just varies county by county. There's a couple counties that are actually planning to keep them open for as long as FEMA continues to reimburse them.
3: Why are counties closing their hotels? I mean, especially thinking about heading into winter and the weather is going to get colder. It's going to get wetter. We've already seen that. It just seems like the worst time to close these hotels.
1: Yeah, not to mention the fact that coronavirus cases are spiking right now and we're in another wave. And Right. These programs are, are mainly funded through FEMA. It's a 75% share of the cost of running the programs. Historically, FEMA has given very short notice um, when it would stop reimbursing for um, emergency services. That's why counties are nervous about whether, you know, if they stopped to get reimbursed from FEMA, you know, they would be on the hook for funding the entirety of the program. Um, and, you know, they still have to make up the remaining 25 percent, which is coming from state grants and other local funding. And some of that funding is running out at the end of this year as well.
3: What does this mean for people still in hotels right now with no permanent place to, to live yet?
1: The people who are still in the hotels uh, are really facing an uncertain future. Um, it's important to remember also that you know, more than half of the people who've gone through this program are still in the program. They're still in, you know, living in the hotels. The the bulk of the people are still waiting to find out where they're going to go after this.
3: It's given me a chance to rest. It's also given me a chance for some stability.
1: I spoke to one woman, Gillette Krista, um, who's 63 years old, uh, and she's living in one of the hotels in San Francisco, And she is in this first phase of hotels that are closing down uh, in the city. And she says that she's met with some social service providers, housing coordinators to try to discuss her options um, and filled out paperwork. Um, And she's right now just waiting to see if there's a match.
3: There's the fear that um, they may not be able, it may not be a match. And then it's like, I'm going to be going back into the shelter system.
1: I think she understands also that that there's a lot of other people who are vying for the same spots as she is and she's optimistic that she's gonna find a match um, she's hopeful that that she'll be able to get permanent housing through this program but she's also kind of I think realistic in, in knowing that she might not
3: you know I'm trying to stay um, optimistic What are some of the bigger questions that you're thinking about going forward with this?
1: You know, I think the biggest question is, are these early results gonna be indicative of later results? More than half the people who are who have gone through the program are still in the hotels. So is that an indication that maybe those people are, are more ready for permanent housing because they've stayed longer at the hotels, they're more integrated into the program? You know, I guess I'm hopeful that you know, given this new money that, that was announced on Monday to help house people, that we might see higher rates of, of people being placed into permanent housing moving forward. That, but that's obviously a big outstanding question. We don't know that yet, and that's something we'll definitely be tracking.
3: I remember in September, the first episode of Sold Out featured Project Room Key. You know, we heard from people getting set up in hotels during COVID, and it seems like there were high hopes for the projects at that time. What do you feel has changed since then?
1: You know, when this program started, advocates were so optimistic and hopeful that it could really make a dent in reducing the state's homeless population. And at least be the, the jumping off point to get more people into permanent housing. The reality is that we still have a huge shortage of permanent housing available, right? This was the, the crisis that predated the coronavirus. So, you know, we still have a massive shortage of affordable housing, especially for people who have disabilities or have mental health needs or have other types of needs that are that where they can't just rent a room or get a Section 8 voucher and and live independently where they need additional support, whether it's, you know, physical therapy or um, substance abuse counseling. They need additional services to be successful. And that's where I think it's been the most difficult for counties to find those types of placements where there's truly a lot of services available on site for people to access so they can be successful when they they leave. And so while. It was great to put, get people inside for a limited time. If we don't have places to put people after that, how can we expect to solve homelessness? If people don't have a home at the end of the line, people are just gonna end up back where they were before. The only way you can really solve homelessness is with a home.
3: There's still some local efforts to keep people in hotels longer. On Thursday, a group of San Francisco supervisors announced an ordinance to force Mayor London Breed to keep about 2,300 people in hotels for the time being. Speaking before the board was a former hotel resident, Nicholas Garrett.
2: I just would hate to see the progress that a lot of us have made because of the hotels, you know, just all go for
3: naught. Right now, the hotel closures in San Francisco are scheduled for December 21st. Erin Baldessari is a housing reporter here at KQED. She also is co-host of the podcast Sold Out, Rethinking Housing in America. We'll leave you a link to that show in our episode notes. This episode was produced by Erica Cruz-Guevara, Kiana Mogadam, myself, and our editor, Alan Montesilio. KQED's podcast leadership team includes Jessica Placek, Erica Aguilar, Vinny Tong, Ethan tovin lindsay and Holly Kernan. The Bay is produced by your local public media station, KQED. I'm Devin Kadayama. That's it from us. See ya.
2: Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse golden state. Because what happens in California changes the
0: world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California